This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective. <laughs> That's Denny Mouth Tree Dog you hear there is the sound that we all long to hear with a raccoon above her. That dog is witted. The voice you heard there was Mr. Chuck Henson, and he's the owner of the Come With It Dog. Today you're going to hear a story about her, but not only that, you're going to hear a story about friendships being built, brotherhoods being bonded, camaraderie being built from hunt to hunt, from people to people, and just the good-hearted kindness of this group of people we call coon hunters. That's what this sport is about, bringing people together with a like kindness. That was the passion and the vision behind this podcast, is to bring people from different walks of life together on the same level and build relationships with. That's what I felt like I've done with each and every one that I've interviewed, including this one, Mr. Chuck Henson. So without further ado, here's Mr. Chuck Henson, and come on with it. Thank you for joining us today on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Today I am joined by Mr. Chuck Henson. Chuck, how's it going? Man, I'm doing good, Jake. How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. Just, uh... Got in from being in the snow, so I, I'm in the warm house right now, and it's that's a good thing. I gotta go back out later, but that's that's all good. Man, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's raining here. It's pretty bad. Yeah, Chuck, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Jason, I was born here in Basel, Mississippi, and uh, currently still here. Uh, I uh, married, got a beautiful wife, Anne Claire, five beautiful children, and two beautiful grandchildren, and. Uh, I just I love it here. It's been a been a great place to me. Um, I'm currently a captain at Panola County Sheriff's Department here in the county, and overall the deputies. And it's just been a blessing to be able to serve my community that I've lived in all my life. And born right here in Batesville, it just means a lot to me. And just still here coon hunting, and I just love it, man. Well, we, we certainly appreciate your service to not only your community, but to, to anyone. So we, we really do appreciate that. How did, uh, how did you get started into, uh, coon hunting? Well, Jason, I've kind of a long story. I started off as a child. I, my dad had coon hunted when I was an infant and he had, he had always subscribed to the full cry magazine and the American Cooner magazines and. When I was an infant, he uh, he quit coon hunting. He and my mom separated. And my mom moved back in with her parents, and my dad moved in with his. And naturally, I was spoiled. And I was, just as a child, I didn't have a lot to do out in the country, just hunting fish. And I got to reading those magazines and looking at them. And one day, I, I asked my dad, I, I said, tell me about when you was hunting. And he said, well, I, I started off coon hunting with, he hunted with more gentlemen in the neighborhood here they were just country coon hunters and they had a blast and he was telling me some of those stories and, and he said why are you thinking about wanting a hound and i said yes sir i'd i'd love to have one and there's an older gentleman that lives about five miles of the crow flies through the country and that raised black and tans and his name was mr willie duke and he was an old old gentleman when i got to meet him Dad carried me over there. I say Mr. Willie was in his late 80s, early 90s when I got to meet him. He had an old pen down behind his house and went down, and I could hear the hounds as we was up talking to him in the yard. We went down. He said, come on, let me show you all my pups. Well, it took him a while to get down there. (laughs) Once you got down there with him and you saw those black and tan pups that he had, uh, if a man loved a hound, he was never about going to buy one and leave with it because they were absolutely beautiful. He had raised them for years and years. I went back to some of that old Tennessee Big Wheel bloodline from years and years ago, comparing the pedigrees to some of the pictures I saw in the magazines and stuff. But he was a, a very, very unique gentleman. He, uh, he, he had a love and passion for it that was undescribable. Sure did. 
Okay. We, so, uh, so you got started with, bought, with a black and tan pup then? I did. Uh, Dad bought one of the pups. and uh, we, I had it. And, you know, me being a kid, I couldn't. Now that I look back on it, you can't, you know, going to school and doing those things. And, and, and about this time in my life, I guess I was probably 10. I just, I, I knew then that I loved it and I wanted to continue to do it forever as long as I could and but I, I didn't get to hunt as like I wanted to like as much as I wanted to I mean you had school work to do and I wanted to go every night and that become a problem so I went through several dogs over a couple of years that went by as I grew older I got to know some more gentlemen in the community that, that are great to my heart today one of them I still currently hunt with he uh he's a uh, Mr. Rupert Morgan he has Timber Ridge Blue Channel. Uh, he's been a blessing to me. We uh, we went hunting night before last actually together and had a wonderful hunt. He's just a lot of enjoyment. He and my dad are the same age, and we uh, we spent a lot of hours together in the woods. He, I've learned a lot. I actually swapped over from black and tan when I started hunting with him and started hunting blue dogs and uh, had quite a few blue dogs over the years and had some good ones uh i was you know i wasn't competition hunting then i i didn't get into the comp hunting until later on around 18 19 years old i won a couple hunts with a couple of dogs just local hunts and i think i made one of them a night champion back in and it just grew on me and grew on me and i went through some life changes and as i got older and uh kind of got down on dogs. I think I had one dog at the time. and Like I said, went through some stuff and ended up, I decided I wanted to try something different. I was looking for something that just that nobody else had. I wanted to try uh, an English dog. And uh, so I got to looking and I got on the internet looking. and I, I, I wanted a John the Baptist pup at the time because uh, I saw several ads that people were raising them. Uh, out of John, and I said, "Man, it must be he must be a pretty nice dog." Which I didn't know anything about him. I was just reading, you know, looking in the books and reading stuff on him. And anyway, I I saw where Brett Stevens from Missouri had a advertised had some pups out of John, and I called Brett on the phone, and we we were talking, and we kind of hit it off. And but unfortunately, he was sold out of pups at the time, and we uh, we stayed in touch and. I don't know. We probably talked once, twice a week for a while. Got to be really close friends in the Winter Classic. I think it was the first year the Winter Classic came here. I invited Brett to come out. Like I said, we'd really hit it off. I knew Brett was a good Christian man. and I invited Brett to come stay at the house. I was excited about the Winter Classic coming here. We, uh, you know, we don't have many. Well, that's really the major, only major hunt that, that comes this far south. And, with UKC and we had uh, we had planned it so he come down and we met and they stayed with us that weekend and man we uh, really really became close he just I was an only child and Brett's probably he's the closest thing probably to a biological brother I'll ever have uh, he and Jamie Snyder that's not actually family to me you know and he uh, we hit it off and but, I was as I was talking to Brett, I said, "Man, I I'm, I really want a pup, a John Baptist pup." So I got to looking at some more ads, and a gentleman that from Hornbeck, Louisiana, Mr. Lynn Snell, had a litter advertised, and I called him, and I ended up purchasing a pup from Mr. Lynn, and we grew pretty close, also talking dogs on the phone back and forth, and I got the pup up here. We talked about how he was doing and everything, and. We're talking one day, and he had mentioned the hound to me over the phone, a little bit older dog that he had started, and she actually had a first-place win on her. And he was telling me all about her, and he mentioned her name one day, and he said, oh, with it. And uh, I said, well, do you want to sell her? Well, he priced it to me at the time, and I was bad about asking somebody to sell something, and I'd be in a situation where I couldn't really didn't need to buy nothing at the time. And, I had been in law enforcement, still working for the county here. Unfortunately, at the time, politics, I was uh, out 
of the I wasn't working currently at that time and I decided to go back to college and finish my degree and we uh you know I wasn't in my my wife was working but I wasn't working I was just working odd end jobs with Jamie Snyder he does dirt work stuff and I was doing that and going to school and he priced her to me and I mean it was a real fair price and I I just kind of told him I said man right now I just I'd love to have her but I just it, it just ain't right to, to take any money away from my family at the time. And, well, as we was, I don't know, a couple of days went on. I was sitting at the kitchen table with my wife, and she was actually helping me with some algebra and trying to get that degree. And I heard my phone ding, and I got a message and just kept working that stuff. And I was really struggling with that algebra <laughs> at the time. And I guess 20 minutes or so went by. I told her, I said, I need to take a break. Well, I went over and picked my phone up, and I read the message. And it kind of caught me completely off guard. I didn't know what to think. I, I said, this can't be. This can't be. Uh, I read the message, and this is what it said. It said, hey, Chuck, this is Mr. Lynn. I've been doing some thinking about what we talked about. He said, you know, a man trying to better his family, go back, get finish his degree and all. I've been doing some thinking. I, I sold one of the last John the Baptist pups, and I've got to deliver that pup to uh, a man out on the Mississippi and Louisiana line. And he said, if you can meet me tomorrow, I've decided I'm going to give you a with it. And, man, it it really caught me off guard. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to say. I was kind of speechless. And uh, but he, had, he had told me a lot about her as a puppy, and uh, it just really touched me. And I... Naturally, I took him up on the offer. I said, man, I'll be there. And so I went down, and I met him and Miss Snell, which just two two of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And he went over, and we met. I can't remember. We met at some – it was a, a chicken place. I do know that was a restaurant there. And we uh, he went over and got witted out of the box, and I was out by the edge of the truck there on some grass, and, he said, Chuck, I want to tell you about this dog. She's kind of peculiar to strangers. Well, she just come on over to me, and uh, he kind of led her that way. But she, He said, I've never seen her act that way toward a complete stranger. And he said, looks like y'all may be all right. And oh, with it, I kneeled down and rubbed on her and brought her home, and we started our journey together. It's been, She's been a blessing to me, man. Um, I can't thank Mr. Lynn enough. That and this, we as we talked, and we I put over with it in a couple of local hunts, and we won, you know, one here and there, and we won our share. We lost a few too, but uh, as time grew on, we she and I grew up, we was like a team. We I just loved her, and she loved me, and I I, I could tell she wanted to hunt for me, you know, and and, and perform good. Was we uh, as our journey started together in the comp world uh they had another hunt that mr rupert had talked to some gentlemen about bringing here to panola county to the civic center and that was the bboa and which they came that one year and had a big hunt here and uh, i put it with it in that and that was i think that was in 2016 yeah i think it was in 2016 yeah she she won high school and female at the at the BBOA here, and uh, right right after that, they had the Mississippi State Hunt here, and I ended up winning, got lucky, and won Reserve State Champion. I was very blessed with that. And as all of our friendship grew, uh, Miss Lynn and Brett and I, as time went on, Brett and I talked all the time on the phone, and I was talking to him one day, and he told me, he said, hey, Chuck, I you may get a phone call from a guy that's looking to buy a couple of nice females. And I said, I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I had a man, and I told him, I was telling him about a with it. And he asked me, would you sell her? <laughs> and I told him, I said, I don't know. And he said, he told Brad, but he didn't know, but he could call me. And that was Mr. Brad McDaniel. <laughs> Brad had bought, bought the crow dog. I know, Brad had mentioned that uh, to you before. Um, 
that Brad had bought the pro dog from Mississippi Ish, and uh, he uh, was looking for some top females to breed him to. Well, they are so rocked on, and Brad called me, and he, we started talking, and he's a super nice guy also. And we we couldn't come to an agreement on anything, and I told him, I said, Brad, I don't want to sell her, man. I was, you know, I just, she was my heart, you know, as far as coon hunting. And anyway, I, I made the, the worst mistake, and I know it's a lot of guys out there that can relate to what I did. I, I was talking dog business in front of my wife, and uh <laughs> She heard some of the numbers that you know that that, that he had offered me. Uh, once once she heard that, it was uh, I had trouble. She said, "Chuck, you need to uh, think about it." She said, "You're in school and still, and you know what that money do for us and uh, our family." And uh, so I told Brad, I said, "Man, let me think about it." Well, he said, uh, "Can I call you tomorrow?" And I said, yeah, sure. So we talked the next day, and I finally made him an offer and uh, what I would sell it for. I, I gave him a, you know, I, I just, I did it and wished I hadn't done it, but I told him, I said, you know, this is what it's going to take to get her if you want her, and we'll do it. And he said, he said, well, look, he said, I'd like to look at her. And uh, I said, okay. I said, well, I want you to, I want you to look at her in the woods, you know, um, uh, they kind of, you know, that kind of wasn't used to somebody offering me that kind of money for a dog. And I said, Brad, that, that'd be the only way I feel comfortable is just sell her in the woods under a tree. Or, um, and he said, well, that's good. He said, when can you come over? And uh, I said, well, I, I said, it'd probably be a week or two. So I think it was about a week out. We had planned it. It was also for something else that came to my mind. I, you know, even though she was, uh, you know, uh, five-year-old dog I, at the time i said man i just want to get her checked i mean i've had her i've wormed her every month i've met you know the usual we all do but i just wanted to make sure she was 100 percent health-wise and uh he said well i tell you what he said you take her to the vet you get her checked if she's 100 percent clean he said i'll pay for it and she and he said if, if she's not then you can pay for it and we'll uh which you would have needed to take in there anyway. And I said, okay, well, that's a good deal. So we went to the vet the next, I took her the next day and uh, had her checked. And she checked her just 100 He said she was healthy, just perfect. Everything, all the tests came out good and everything worked out. So I called him back, told him that he paid the lady over the phone for the vet bill. And we made a date. We set a date. I think it was like three to four days after that. And I didn't want to make that trip by myself, so I called a real good friend of mine, Mr. Doug Nestor, that uh, has trailer hound kennels. And Mr. Doug lives about an hour south of me. So I called him. I said, Mr. Doug, how you doing? He said, good. I said, you want to make a trip with me? I said, I'm going over state with it to show her in the woods. I said, Brad made me an offer on her. I said, uh, I I told him I wanted to let him see her in the woods. He said, yeah. He said, I'd. He said, I'd love to see that crow dog too, Joe. And I said, well, I'll, I said, we'll, we'll set, I told him the date. I said, I'll pick you up that morning. And we left and, and we headed to Georgia. Uh, I think it was, uh, we got a little sidetracked. So it, I think it took us like eight and a half, nine hours to get to, to Brad's place. We got down, it was already dark and it was a group of guys there and he had a couple of handlers there. I know Todd Sellers was there, a couple other guys at the time, and we all met and we went down down the road their ways. And I didn't know where I was at; I was lost. We get down to a field, and they we drive around these fields and get to the back, and we, they stop and we. He said, "You all ready?" And I get all witted out and I turned her loose, and man, she looked terrible right off the bat. <laughs> I guess that ride she was kind of thick, and but anyway, she managed to go out there and probably in about. 20 minutes or so she treated a layup coon and Todd walked out there with me and we found the coon and he said well she's got him and as we come back to the truck Brad and never left the truck he said on tailgate Mr. Doug and they talked I said Brad I'd like to see her you know I want you to see her go one more time and uh, they said yeah sure we'll just move around here a little ways and I didn't know it but they had crow in the truck and as we got to the second place I them get a dog out and 
they was year and old crow up and I had went to the back, got witted out, walked up there where they was at and he said, Well, I think we're gonna turn old crow loose with with it and see what they'll do and they both put on a a show. They uh with it went out, struck, she got struck first, crow struck. I still today really can't tell you which one of them they sound a lot alike, and uh, but they come on the tree together pretty close. I still argue with Todd about it sometimes. I, I think we didn't get the tree on him, but I was talking and we didn't hear. I couldn't hear real good. And uh, went in there and they had a coon. Anyway, we, we, we let them out and walked back to the truck. Brad said, "Why don't y'all follow us up to the shop?" And we went up there. And, Guy Chuck, he told me to Chuck, I want her. Man, I'm going to tell you, that's when the tears uh, started kind of flowing a little bit. I, I didn't really want to sell her, but I knew what I needed to do for my family at the time, and it was a, a blessing, and I knew Brad would take real good care of her, and I was excited. I, I did make a deal with him where I'd get out of the first litter, I'd get sick of the litter, and then I'd get two more pups over a period of time at Brad's discretion. So I I had that. I was thinking that the whole time. I said, well, I'll get these pups back. You know, I was trying to make myself feel better about it. I almost wanted to back out. I didn't. <laughs> and I guess when I got back, oh, hit that Mississippi line, I said, man, I wish I hadn't sold my dog, you know. And time went on, and I came back, and I was kind of in the dumps. Kind of almost wanted to quit hunting, but I had, I still had a couple young dogs here and was messing with them. That was actually on August the 22nd of 2017 that I sold with it that night. And, and, and like I said, I was just sick for, I don't know, a month or so there. And one day my phone rang, and I remember the date very well. It was October the 4th, which was a short time from August the 22nd to October the 4th. Well, it was Mr. Nick Williams. I never talked to Nick before. He told me who he was. He said, Chuck, I just want to call and tell you, I'll give you a courtesy call that, that I own. He said, I own with it now. Well, that really threw me for a loop. And I just, I, it almost made me mad at the time but, because Brad and I had a deal. And I, the and I, first thing that popped in my mind was the puppies. And, but man, overall, they, these guys are wonderful. And, and this is why. Nick, I, I think. If, if you ever listen to this, I, I can't thank him enough for uh, doing what he did for me. He, uh, his exact words were, he said, Chuck, I, he said, I heard you cried the night you sold though with it. And I said, I did. I said, it's probably five or six grown men standing there, and I did. I said, I'm not ashamed to say it. I said, I love her and miss her now. And he said, would you like to buy her back? And I said, oh, Nick, I can't afford her, you know. I, I said, I appreciate the offer. I said, don't get me wrong. I said, I'd love to have it back. He told me, he said, he said, Chuck, he said, don't take me the wrong way. He said, but I'm a very blessed man. And he is. He said, we can work something out. He said, if she means that much to you, he said, me and her really don't get along that good. He, uh, we made a deal. And, and I'll be honest, I'll I tell anybody, uh, he told me, he said, look, you don't have to pay me nothing. Just come get her. He said, she's still in your name. He said, you just raise some pups off of her and sell them, and you you pay me, and we'll, uh, and he said, once you get me paid, I'll make your papers back. And I said, man, you can't beat that. I I, I wanted to leave right then. <laughs> but I made a deal with him where uh, I think it was maybe two days went by, and I headed to Alabama. Which Brad and, and Nick had worked out a, a dog deal. Uh, Nick had an outstanding female that Brad had checked on prior to buying with it from me, and she was she is a beautiful hound. And I understood what he what he was what he did, and I said, I, I, but I don't still today I don't know their the whole deal on that, so I'm not even going to try to tell you what what transpired between them. But I know Nick ended up with it. And it just, with him being that, not knowing me uh, and letting me do that, I'll never forget it. Uh, so we actually met. I, I had a little contract deal wrote up, an agreement where the deal that we made, we both signed it. And 
I get I brought her with it home and I started hunting her uh more and more and more and she came in heat and I bred her to the Coon Valley singing cat dog and raised the first litter and sold pups and I'd go to Walmart and Walmart to Walmart send Nick some money and it's went on to the second, I think into the third litter and I got Nick paid and Nick mailed me my papers back and it was just a touching thing and the biggest thing to me is when you if the Lord gives you something twice, you better hang on to it. So we started back hunting, comp hunting again and over with it started, you know, winning some and uh put her in five English sectionals and she won four of them. On the fifth one, I think she placed third or something like that. But I was very humbled that she performed like that for me. And as time went on, we grew. We just stayed in the woods, and we uh, they had the uh, winter classic coming back up in twenty, and we entered the classic again in two thousand and twenty. And I had I had hunted with it also in in, the, in some you know RQEs and zones. We actually went to the zone four times and I never could get through the zones uh, you know I drew some nice dogs get close sometimes I miss it by 25 just getting in you know making that top 100 and just never did but along with the winter classic we got in at 20 and uh, I'll get to that in a minute but we went on to the winter classic and uh, had a lot of friends coming up Josh Green David Bradley, Brett, Jamie Snyder, Russ Jones, I, I, you know, Mr. Lynn, I talked to him, and Scott Henson, Mr. Rupert, and all the guys was planning on meeting here. And a lot of us got together here at the house eating breakfast, and uh, just the camaraderie was great. And we'd been doing that for several years at the classic. And in 20, it was, in, two, in 2020, it was a, special year in the coon hunt world for me we uh josh green and his wife christina they had a pup out of with it the male singing rock dog and christina actually hunted friday night at the classic and won overall first place and that day we were walking around all of us in the classic and and a lot of the guys that i just mentioned uh you know we'd see each other and i noticed one of my friends uh jimmy smith had on a hat had team football on it and uh i thought it was pretty cool and uh i hunted with football a lot jimmy and scott hence hunting and he he's an outstanding hound and i thought when i saw that hat i said man i said i wish i had a, some team come on with his hats and as i went down the floor i run into the ladies that were making them and i I ended up, I bought five of them. I give them out to, I think I give Jamie one, Brett one, Colt one, and John Wyrock one. And I, 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 get, I, I kept one. And well, anyway, we we wore those hats around all day, you know, just talking to them dogs and kicking at one another. I told them, I said, yeah, I'm going to put it on you boys tonight and all that, man. Hey, guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I'm here today to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cocky's Outdoors. Whether you need a few dog collars or the whole setup, they can fix you up. They have a wide range of products from hound hunting to fishing. My friends over at Conkey's Outdoors can help you out. You can order online at conkeysoutdoors.com. Call them at 904-692-1568, 904-692-1568, or if you're in the Haston, Florida area, go by and see them. Again, that's at conkeysoutdoors.com because we support people who support our way of life sure enough the lord blessed us and, and with it she really performed good for me that night uh brett went with me on that cast and uh just the camaraderie and the friendship out there that night and she i think she treated three singles by herself and ended up getting a piece of two more trees i think i got a second on on one of those trees and uh well, second on both of them, I think. Anyway, I, I think I ended up with uh, 875 plus, and I, I, on the way back, I was nervous. I, I, I was excited, and nervous at the same time. I said, "Man, you think I, you know, I got a chance to win it with this?" And they said, "I don't know, man. You'll be up there pretty high with that." Uh, so we ended up, and 
she did. She ended up winning first place. So that was a blessing to have a puppy of hers win it overall Friday night and her to do it on Saturday night. And I was just real humbled, man. I, it was almost unbelievable at the time, the feeling to have to, with all those good hunters coming in here and fine dogs that I've got a chance, a lot of them to hunt with over the years to, to pull it off, pull off a win like that. It was real touching. And as I went back in, in, in those English sectionals, I hunter hunted her in. I, I, you know, Brandon mentioned, hey, you want to go to English days? And I said, yeah, I'd never been. And I was excited about that. Well, I didn't realize that, you know, I, you know, won a, you know, a deal to hunt in the all English hunt on Thursday night. We got up there and I entered her and she, she did a real good job. And, got lucky man again I, I, I caught the right break and we uh got in the final four and at the invitational and uh, she ended up winning second overall that night and uh i was man like i said i i, I said man you know she we was just she was just clicking for me and ended up i'd got her got her qualified and we went into the zones and I hadn't hunted in Arkansas a lot, but I said, you know, I looked at the locations of the zones, and I said, I asked Brett, I told him, I said, man, that's kind of halfway there. Uh, they had it listed as Walter Ridge and ended up hunting out of Imboden. And I told him, I said, man, that's kind of halfway for us, us to go uh, meet there and let's, let's hunt out of that zone. So that's what we did. We went up, and once again, she uh, she just performed for me, and, Got a good. I got beat one night, but I had enough. She scored high enough on Friday night that I got into the zone. I'm in the top 100 overall, and uh, got a chance to go to Peru and um, had a real good friend that lives 20 miles, 25 miles, I guess you'd say, from uh, from the clubhouse up there at Peru and fairgrounds. And uh, Mr. Kevin Zimmerman. I talked to Kevin on the phone. He said, hey, man, won't you come by and just stay with me uh, while you're up here hunting at the world? And I took him up on that. And he we, he had been down, too, also with Brett during the Winter Classic, stayed with me. And now it's just so many guys across the country that I've gotten to be so close with and the camaraderie. I can't, if I'm missing anybody, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a lot of y'all out there I, I think a lot of. And, uh that helped me out a lot. You know, my boy went with me, Braden, my middle boy, and we got to spend some time with him just riding pretty good ways to Peru. And yeah, I enjoyed that, just spending time with him. And we got up there, and we the first night, I drew some really tough dogs. And I guess it was probably six minutes to seven minutes left in this cast. And up to that point, we really hadn't done no good. Um, it was working around the edge of a cornfield and went into a hardwood patch. And I was looking at my Garmin. The other dogs had went the opposite direction. I heard Widdit locate, look up once, and she was bumping around. And I really wasn't really excited about the way she was sounding, but she, she came on and it got heated up a little bit. She probably moved a hundred yards and gave me that big locate and I treat her and I knew the time would be up by the time I got to her and we was walking to her and another good friend left uh, Brett knows a uh, good guy. We uh we was walking in and he said, I think she's gonna have this one the time I'm out. I mean it's probably down to a minute or so we get to the tree and we sure enough we looked up there and we had a big old coon and I realized I just won that cast in advance, you know, and that that really got me. And we went on back to the club, and man, I was I was so excited I didn't know what to do. And they told me, they said, "Well, you got to go back out to a tune by yourself." Ah, <laughs> uh, man, they uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. I was really nervous then, but we went out. We had uh, I had a guy take us out, and Mr. Kevin went with me, and we went out and. I guess it was probably 13 minutes. And that was the longest 13 minutes of my life. She finally, she had opened up a couple of times and located, and went in there, and we found that cane. It, 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 
man, I I got I was really lost for words at the time. I didn't know what to do. I said, man, you know, Kevin said, well, you'll probably get in the top twenty. So we we got back and we I realized we was in the top twenty and we just kept working and I drew out the next night and uh, which I drew the Uncle Tracker dog which really put on a clinic. He uh, I think he treed two coons and we did treed one and he went deep and he treed the third coon and we did but she was struggling. She she treed a den, a, a old hollow snag. And uh, could find the coon there, but it was obviously a den. And anyway, we circled that up, and she went toward the cracker dog, and they ended up treeing, oh, probably 50 yards apart, if that. And the big, huge trees, well, the trees actually touched, and cracker had his coon, and they didn't really want to score this one. And so I, I got nervous anyway, backed up out there and shine, shine, hit my red light. Ended up, my widow had a coon. It uh, it all worked out. The cracker beat me, and he deserved it. He he put on a clinic and really looked good. Got back and anyway, that put me out. But uh, man, I was I didn't know where I would place, and uh, ended up placing 12th overall. And cracker advanced, and and, uh, and I was rooting him on in because dog really deserved it. He put on a show and. But man, I was just humbled there with a lot of good friends and Mr. Tom Corbett and John Anderson. It was a lot of good people there, and we were just sit, we were just sitting around talking dogs. And it was just a humbling experience. Uh, it it like like Brad had made the statement one time. Once you once you get there, you want to go back, and uh, I I plan on going back. Uh, I I probably won't take with it back. I I said I was retired there. And, had her in a pen and <laughs> Mr. Rupert and I were hunting the other night and I carried her. I've got a young female I got from Josh Green that's out of vapor that's doing a nice job and anyway I told Mr. Rupert, he said, man, oh, with it still looking real good. He said, you may ought to consider it and I said, well I said, I may I may put her in it one more time here at the Classic you know, it's coming up a few more days from now and uh, so we may give it one more run um, just see how she does. She, she's getting old, but she she performed like a four-year-old the other night. Really looked good. So, like I said, man, it's been humbling. It's been a we've had an experience together that it, it, it's. I mean, you just have to be there with her to know. But we uh, we're gonna get to uh, all get together again here at the classic in a couple more days, and all the guys will be coming in, and the camaraderie will be good. All my buddies will be coming. I know Brett's coming to stay and John White Rock and Colton Jones will jump some. I don't think he's going to get to make it. I spoke to Mr. Lynn last night. I, Mr. Lynn Snell, but I got a with it. I think he, he's got a super nice female and uh, he said he may get to come. So I was, I'm looking forward to that. All those guys coming in. Well, that's, that's, uh, I, I was going to touch on that after you said that because. Some people don't realize the friendships you build along the way. E- even friendships that you don't realize that you're building a friendship at the time. You're just doing a, a deal on a dog, or you know, at a hunt, or you know, whatever. But just just in your story, the the people that you met along the way and built friendships with, and you know, was able to stay, you know, with the guy up in Indiana and. Uh, at the world hunt and then you having people in at your place when they come down to the winter classic i I mean that's that's a big part of what this sport is my wife didn't like the idea at first me inviting them guys my i I told her i said you know in class that i'm a good judge of character uh you know i i talked many many hours of bread on the phone and and they're like brother and sister now and, and and you're right man it's just a the camaraderie and, and, and his wife, Melanie, she's 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 a blessing to me. Also, uh, they they've been through some sickness here lately, and Brett and came down and actually brought Mel down here uh, to uh, the hospital where my wife works at Baptist Hospital in Oxford, and uh, she was having some trouble with COVID, and 
and then Claire got to make sure that she was okay and check on her, and that was a blessing too. I think their hospitals were full up there. Like I said, man, the, I, I know the Lord put, you know, used something I love, coon hunting. I told, I, I tell a story, you know, I was looking for just a coon dog pup, and, and I found my brother, and that's a blessing. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what it's about. I mean, it's it's about the dogs and tree and coons, but it's about the people too. And and that's that's something that you know we need to try to relay on to the to the next generation uh, of hunters out there, the the youth that are out there to you know when they get out there and meet these people and build those relationships with. That's what keeps this sport going from generation to generation. Yeah, you're right. What uh? So what what other so with it's getting on up there in age. So so you got any projects you can tell us about that you're working on now? Well, I'm 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 planning on breeding her uh, again. She like I said, she's in good health and still taking good care of her. She's an athlete, and I, I plan on breeding her at least one more time. And I plan on I plan on breeding her to the little horn dog that Colton and Mr. Russ owns. Brett actually had raised a litter of pups off the of lorry and horn, and uh, uh, they're doing real good. Uh, I just I raised uh, an all grand litter, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it'll be a three generation all grand breeding her to horn. And uh, I've been hunting with horn a lot. Well, not a whole bunch, but enough to, that I like him and. When I'd go up hunting, Colton and Brett and I, we'd go hunting and we'd hunt with it and Lori and Horn and at the time and we really had a lot of fun up running up and down them hills and they'd split off and we'd have a coon, Horn have one, Lori have one. We just had a big time up there hunting and I like the way he performed and uh, you ain't, you're not gonna meet any nicer guys than than Russ and Colton Jones either. Uh, they've also been a blessing to me, friendships over the years. Uh, Colton and Brett both spent time with my boys and took them turkey hunting and me also. And they come down and, like I said, hunted with us and stayed with us. It's just, it's uh, been a been a blessing. Like I said, I get lost for words sometimes just thinking about all of it and the friends that I've made over the last 10 years, especially in my life and in, in the coon dog world, uh, there's really some good guys out there. I, I'm to the point where I told Brad that, you know, you once you go to the world hunt, you want to go back again. But once you've been, it's also I'm, I'm at peace with, uh, with what she's won and accomplished. The friendship now to me and the camaraderie of just being together and, and getting to share something that we all love is is is, is nice. Um, I'm I'm just gonna kind of see what I got. I've got two pups over here out of out of Red Cloud. Uh, Brett went ahead and bought that semen, and uh, I actually had bred with it to Red Cloud, and which goes back, you know, his Red Cloud uh, was out of Hard Time Rocky and. Howard Hard Time Red Cloud was his actual name, um, and then you know these these puppies to they're coming two years old. I, some people ask me, "Say, man, why you keep hunting with it? Won't you just put one in and hunt?" Well, they're the male dog's ready, but he's not ready. He's to that point where you know he'll treat a coon, but they just to me, I'm just not going to rush and put one in a hunt un, until I'm satisfied just pleasure hunting them here and I, I guess i guess i'm comparing them though with it and i just gotta uh, just keep hunting them and, and get them to that point you know and and they're at that breaking point they could just break over any minute but uh my job has kept me from hunting like i want to i'm hunting down i'm down about one or two nights a week during this we've been real busy but i plan on picking it back up this spring and and getting back after it real hard and finish these dogs this year. And I plan on hunting one of them in the classic next year for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know same. what you said there about, I think sometimes dogs are put into these 
competition hunt situation sometimes too soon when they're not ready and I'm kind of the same way you know I I try to make sure he's he or she's ready to to go and, and to perform because you know you can go out and have a have a bad performance and put a bad name on a on a dog pretty quick if you you know trying to push them for they're ready no matter the age I heard uh, John Strickland say this on a, another podcast that when he got big country uh, Ashley kept asking him when he was gonna when he was gonna hunt him when he was gonna put him in a hunt and he he kept saying when he was ready that I mean th- this is big country he'd already been hunting in the I think the CKC world or whatever it was and but he wasn't he wasn't ready to perform at the level John wanted him to so I think that's that's an important message that somebody out there has got a dog and they're ready to get out and get into a hunt and, you know. Make sure, make sure they're ready. Make sure they're ready to, to go out and perform the way you want them to. Yeah. I guess that's what you explained it a lot better to me. I, it's kind of like if, if the dog ain't ready, where, where when I was younger, you just want to go participate. You want to be in the hunt, you know. Now, to me, just going to the club and supporting the club and having camaraderie with the guys just sitting around talking, I'd, re- I'd much rather do that than put a young dog in a hunt that's not ready. Oh, uh, you know that's that's where I'm at right now, and I, I this has been the worst year for hunting for me. Uh, being in law enforcement, it's just it's like I said, it's been hard. Uh, it's it's getting crazy out there, and we're working from can to can. But uh, I told I told the sheriff the other day, which he they they're also a fan of old with it. And, they, you know, they we have a Facebook page, Panola County Sheriff's Department does, and they had posted on there and, you know, supported me while I was at the World Hunt, and I appreciate that. And so it's it's been a deal. I told him, I said I'm fixing to start back hunting. He knows the class is coming next week, and uh, I told him I was going to be absent a few days, and he he just smiled. He knew it was, it was my time to get away and spend time with the, the coon, my coon hunting family and friends and just enjoy it yeah well and that's important when you have a job you have someone your your boss that that understands those those things and those important things in life for sure yeah he's a big turkey hunter so come springtime he's uh which i love it too but he he told me he said, yeah i'm gonna spend a lot of a lot of time a lot of my time in the turkey woods this year so you know we all love different things and that's what makes it so good, you know. Yeah. Well, before we move on uh, uh, away from from the subject of dogs and pedigrees, uh, won't you real quick tell us what Old Widdit's out of? Yeah, Widdit was. She's out of Top Gun. Uh, her sire Top Gun, and uh, Mister Lynn had, had pistol packing Peg, and she was a grand knight female, and Peg was directly out of Briar Creek Zoo, and that. Uh, but you know, uh, Top Gun was out of Wilcox under Tybo and Backyards Ladies, Ladies Brandy, and uh, that that crossed to me, which naturally because of with it, you know. But the Wilcox and the Briar Creek breeding together, to me, uh, has been good uh, with these pups also, and all. That's that's mostly, you know, man. I I got a chance to. Uh, another thing is important to me, Mr. Jim Ridge, he came here and uh, came to my kennels and talked with me and that's a lot. And these guys, I was actually hunting some dogs for the public uh, when I was going to school too and I got a training pen here. Uh, got to meet a lot of guys and that, that have a connect, strong connection with, with, with pedigree. And Mr. Jim Ridge, he's, uh, he's one of the guys that you you, he never changes. You see him at the Autumn Oak or the Winter Classic or anywhere you see him, he's the same guy. He, he's always got a smile on his face and always greets you. And uh, that, that means a lot to me. Just being able to, to, to hunt a dog that goes back to, to the Briar Creek stuff. And, and, and Mr. Larry, he's a good guy. I've gotten to talk to him several, several times. I knew he had been the Brett, with him winning the world hunt with, with Top Gun and, and all that. And actually, uh, Brett had raised a litter of puppies off of Gun and, and uh, Star. And uh, I 
hadn't got my hands on her yet. He's bringing her to the class. It was three of those pups, and Mr. Larry got the male pup, and Brett sold the other female. Brett and I are actually co-owners, and all of my all of my dogs, I I, I put Brett. Brett, he like I said, he's just like a brother to me, and we're uh, we're gonna keep get to keep this female out of gun. So I'll have a half sister to with it here at the classic. So that that's gonna mean a lot to me get her started but yeah those two guys uh have done a lot for the english breed and uh you, you can't beat them man uh, like i said i hadn't had a chance to be around mr larry like i have mr. jim but uh, it's always a pleasure to see jim when i see him sure is yeah well that's that's what it's about for sure T- tell me about the training pin you got yeah i um uh, i just uh I, oh you know, like I said, in law enforcement, you know, uh, when you work for a, a county, you know, you, you have sheriffs take different play politics. You, you, for several different reasons, you can be in in one minute and out the next. And uh, just some things didn't work out, and I, and I took a break from it. And uh, the sheriff that we got now, he and I have been really, really close friends. And um, so I took, a, I took about a three or four-year break. Uh, from law enforcement, I, I worked. I worked part when I left. Overall, I took about a, it was about a seven year break, not working at the sheriff's department, but I went to work at another local police department. At, uh, I worked part time there at Como Police Department, and uh, law enforcement has just been in my blood. My great granddaddy was the sheriff here in Panola County back in the sixties, and. Uh, I, you know, as a boy again, like I was looking at the magazines about the coon hunting, I'd, I'd see uh, pictures of him and got to see his badge that he wore and all that. And he had a pistol that he carried that, that I ended up, I, that I owned today. Yeah, it was a blessing. Yeah, but he, uh, I, I, I was in and out of law enforcement and I told Ann Claire, I said, I just, I want to offer something else where I maybe make a little bit more income starting some pups and my dad said well Chuck you like messing with them hounds why don't you uh why don't you just we'll build a starting pen we'll uh let you won't you offer to train some puppies for the public and I said well I said I don't know I said let me think about it and it take me long a week or so and I told him I said yeah I said I, I think I'm gonna try it so we he helped me and we built a I built a four-acre enclosure, and that was one of the things that Mr. Jim had told me. Uh, we had talked about it. He came down and looked at it, and he told me uh, I I actually built it around my my old kennels that I had for years, and uh, they they were actually inside. <laughs> he uh, I got tickled, which he was right. Uh, he told me he said you gonna you gonna want to move them kennels. He said you don't want them inside your pen, and uh, I, as as time went on, I see what he was talking about because I had, which it wasn't really a distraction to the other dogs as I was working them, but my daughter lived pretty close and they made a lot of noise, dogs in a kennel, when I was working them on coons in the pen. And I had spoke with uh, Mr. John Anderson and he had told me, uh, he said, Chuck, why don't you, why don't you kind of, Instead of hunting dogs in the in the big woods, why don't you start like a pup program and you know put some handle on some stuff like that? So that's kind of what I went on went, went into more than hunting them in the woods. Just kind of a kindergarten start program, you know, handling them, getting them trained in the pen, and teaching the basics. And where I got with that, I like to work them about a month. And the ones that really came on and started treeing good in the pen, and then I would move them on out into the big woods with the big dogs and hunt them and uh, it, it worked out good uh, i was successful with with some some people they uh carried some pups on to the super state and, that i had started and we uh it was a pretty good deal and it was a it was a, a little bit of an extra income to my family at the time but it, it was a full-time job too uh, it was, it's kind of like having a dairy i mean you you had to be there and uh work them and it it, uh, it all worked out but i i i did that for three years I'd, I'd get four pups a month usually and it worked out and uh 
like I said, it really helped my family at the time. And then the sheriff now, which is Sheriff Shane Phelps, he, uh, we, we were talking and he, he, he decided he, he had prayed about it and decided he wanted to run for sheriff and he did. And I, I got in there with him and he offered me a position and, and I've been with him ever since. That's been a blessing. And I, I, I quit training for the public and just kind of started back messing with my own pups and that's where I'm at now. But I ended up working more than, than, than usual this year. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to, to hunt them like I wanted to, but, uh, this spring, I really plan on putting on them, them red cloud pups. And I, I've got a pup falling right behind them out of a uh, lone survivor. And with it, I did breed the lone survivor and, uh, we're actually getting some good reports on those pups as well. Um, I bred with it uh, five times. I bred her to uh, tap three, the Coon Valley singing tap dog that uh, Josh and Brian, Josh Green and Brian Lott had and have and still have. And, uh, and I, you know, Brett got that, bought that semen and, uh, from Mr. Jack and we bred to, to Red Cloud. And those pups, they, they're really intelligent. They're real smart. All, and it, and it was, she's had several out of each, you know, a couple out of each litter that really have come on. And I think it's five, I think it's five, if I'm not mistaken, that are pretty, pretty nice out of the Coon Valley thing and tap dog and the rock dog that Josh Green and uh, Christina own. He, he's one of them. I'm hoping that about one or two more old Whittett's going to hit that reproducing list and, uh, that's something I really had focused on, but Brett and I were talking some numbers the other day and looking at the total numbers of pups that she's got. And she's uh, she's going to make that list, and uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, that's uh, that that would be awesome for sure. Well, we've been going at it here for a little while now. Um, I usually try to close this out with a, some type of coon hunting story, funny or serious or whatever. You, you, you got a, a story you can tell us? Man, I, I got to thinking about, uh, you know, I'll say this, that, that this one night that I can, this goes back to my younger years of coon hunting. Uh, thank you, a man, you know, a dog. It may not be funny to a lot of people, but it, it ended up being comical and funny to me that particular night. Uh, the dogs, a couple of buddies of mine, we were, we were hunting and uh, got in a, we was actually hunting on the core property and we we haven't had any uh, wild hogs much here to speak of. They're they're starting to come in in our you know area here, but they it was just something I didn't what used to see it. The dogs went in there and got treed, and man, they were they were treed solid. It sounded like, and all of a sudden, we, as we started walking to them, they just shut up and took off and acted like they were looking. I mean, like they were just looking at the coon, and uh, I said, "Man, something, something ain't right." Well, this this went on for I don't know a couple times that I, you know, I treated my dog, and uh, they just leave that as we started to them. We get three or four hundred yards to them, and I, you know, I was thinking bobcat. You know, what could it be? And and that's it didn't sound like they were bait or anything like that. Sound like they were treated, which we were in the hills, you know, and and the dogs carried good where we was at because we was in a lake bottom and we could hear them good as we kept walking. And I said, man, my dog ain't going to mess with no trash. He, he, he just ain't. And, you know, that's what I learned then. Don't say what a dog won't do. So, but I guess he was kind of like me. I guess he was caught off guard. Not He just hadn't been around it. And as we got in there closer, uh, to them we come up on a big uh creek and we, it was deep we couldn't get across and i'd done got aggravated at the time and we uh we had to turn around walk all the way back to the truck get on the county road drive around well i guess i got lucky and drove pretty much up on on top of them where they were at got in there about 100 yards from them and me not thinking i jumped out with a you know i had my 22 and i Ran down there toward the dog, see what it was. And I I got a little bit too close, and it we was in they was in some cut over on the edges of some hardwood. And I 
it just caught me off guard, man. I, I run up on them and they were bay kind of, and I shined my light and it was this big boar hog standing there. And I was like, oh man. Well, I kind of laughed under my breath and I said, well, let's tell the story. And I hollered back at my other buddies and I said, man, we're going to eat good. And I didn't get it out of my mouth, but I said, we're going to eat good. And this thing charges me. And which I had my, Lived on in my snake-proof boots, and th- he actually hit my boots. And my dog, one of the my old blue dogs at the time, uh, I guess kind of, he probably he saved my life, really. I guess because this thing ended up having two and a half inch tusk outside his lip, you know. And uh, it's a wonder he didn't cut them dogs all up, but they they managed not to get hurt and. Ended up, I got a round off on him, and um, and he he come at me again, and the second round hit him pretty good, and and uh, the old blue dog grabbed him. I ended up trying not to, you know, get some more rounds off without hitting the dog. By that time, my buddy got down there, and, and it was just a it was a wild night, and I learned my lesson then not to say what one won't do because they'll do it, and. But it, they just, they, I guess they just had never seen a hog before. And we ended up, we tied dogs back after the hog was down. And we, we carried the hog out and we had a big cooking. But out of all the wild nights that I could think of, that was probably one of the wildest that uh, run up on a wild hog and in charge. That's, that's just one of the stories. I, I don't, I'm trying to think. And I've had, a, you know, heard some crazy things at night. You wonder what it is, but. That, that's just one night in particular that I can think of that comes to mind as the old hog. Yeah. I, I guess that's the that, story I got. That's uh, that's pretty good. He he wasn't going down without a fight. He wasn't going to be baking with, without a fight first. <laughs> oh, that hog ended up. He was he ended up weighing a little over three hundred pounds, and he uh, he he was an old warrior. I don't know where he come from. I don't know if it was some at the. Uh, the game and fish had turned loose or something, but we just wasn't used to seeing them here. You know, there's a lot of people that just, they have, we have them a lot of them in the Delta and they're starting to, to, to migrate in here, but, you know, and come in, but they, uh, we just don't see them much. I, that's the only one I've ever, I've been here 48 years and all the nights that I've hunted, that's the only one I've had an encounter with. And I hope it's the last. Yeah. Well, being from Southeast Alabama, I've had some encounters with them. When I lived down there, I haven't seen any since living up here for sure. Yeah. Well, Mr. Chuck, I think we've uh, we about shined this tree. Uh, we've been at it for over an hour now, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the podcast today. Uh, before we sign off, is a, I know you mentioned a few guys on there. Is there anybody left out that you want to thank before we, before we sign off here? Man, I, I, like I said, I got a list of guys that in my mind, you know, just Brett and Jamie and Russ and Colton, John Wyrock and 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 Kurt and Curtis Daugherty, Chops. I I didn't mention Chops in the broadcast there, but I, I think of him just like a brother. He he uh, he comes down to and stays with us during the classic, and he's been a blessing in my life also. And you know, you got Cody, Josh Green, Christina. And Mr. Lynn Snell and Mr. Keith Martin, he's another nice friend of mine from uh, Louisiana that has always rooted me on at the hunts, and uh, they've all supported me when we were out at the major hunts. And David Bradley and Scott Hintz, and like I said, Mr. Rupert Morgan and Mr. Tommy Wren were the two older gentlemen back when I was, like I said, a child that I can't thank enough uh, for you know, let me go tag along and, and to, to keep me going in the sport. And, and as, as one more thing I'd, I'd like to say to everybody is just stay, stay involved, get the youth involved, you know, uh, maybe some kids from church, take them hunting in the group. And, uh, you know, it, it's a dying sport. We've got to keep it going. And, uh, anything that I can do for the youth, uh, here my boys they uh they they go and they love it uh they both at the age now where they 
they're more interested in, in the girls. So uh, I understand how they, uh, I've been there before and uh, I'm hoping as they settle down, they'll uh, get back into it with me, and at least on the pleasure side uh, and the comp side if they choose. So uh, we'll just see how that works out. But yeah, man, I give a shout out to all those guys. I, I love every one of them. Yeah, well, that's what it's about is building relationships and friendships, and it's for sure find a youth, take them hunting, whether they be at your church or neighbor down the road. That's that's what it's about. That's how a lot of us got started was somebody just took the time to say, hey, do you want to go, go coon hunting with me tonight? And that's, that hooks a lot of them right there. So that's that's very important. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, me being in law enforcement here, and like I said, you know, speaking of the youth, there's just not a lot to do. I mean, growing up here, you know, you, you get out and get into mischief. It's just it's, it's, it's not a lot going on, you know, in these little local communities and all. And I, I think, you know, just sometimes that's what it takes is just somebody uh, throwing the offer out there to, to take some child hunting and fishing. They just may not ever get that opportunity. And, uh, I'm going to try to make it a practice myself to do that more the kids here i actually talked to my preacher about it and uh we'll try to get a hunt up with somebody youth here at the church and maybe one or two of them will take a liking to it and come join us because it's it's, it's it's fun it's been good to me and kept me out of a lot of trouble yeah well you ain't the only one he kept me out of a lot of trouble too but well i appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast today if you don't have anything else we'll we'll sign her off right here all right, Jason. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.